0: Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of Cloud Wars Live. This is the podcast where we're digging into the digital revolution and the incredible changes uh, and impacts it's had on our lives, our business lives, our personal lives, and everything else in between. We're delighted to have with us today one of our monthly digital all-stars, Christian Anschutz. Christian has been a CIO, a CDO. He's an entrepreneur. He is a uh, no longer active captain in the United States Marine Corps. He's doing some on uh, you know experimental farming, a builder, a business creator, adjunct professor at North Carolina, and I would say all around good guy. Christian, great to see you. Your introduction to me gets longer every single episode. Together, <laughs> well, you so just you know, <laughs> I learn something about myself every time. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you the the new lesson wasn't all around good guy. I hope that's always been sort of. Yeah, that, that was the one part that might be categorically incorrect. No, okay. anyway. <laughs> We'll we'll argue about that another time. But Christian, you know, you can't go anywhere these days without somebody talking about AI, chat GPT, generative AI, the robot's gonna take over the world. Are we safe? You know, what's gonna happen? It's great, it's terrible, it's scary, it's beautiful. Um it is just really uh something. And after I think 67 years that AI has been around different technological forces and so on have brought it into the forefront. And it's just so much on everybody's mind. And I would love to get your perspectives on if you are a leader in an organization that intends to make, you know, more use of, greater use of, and sort of, you know, to some extent, let's see where, what we can do with AI here. How do you, how do leaders both on the one hand, you know, bring that to bear, but also, do this in a way and communicate to their organizations, to their teams, to their people, that this is all about augmenting what people can do rather than eliminating positions and plugging in as much technology as we can at the expense of people. So broad question, I know that, but just some of your thoughts on this. How do do business leaders try to get in that trust when there's so much talk everywhere that people have uh, everywhere that people go today about what AI is, and I don't think it's really well understood. So, where would you, as a leader, advise them to to try to begin a fruitful conversation about this?
1: Well, I, I'm personally I'm incredibly grateful to OpenAI finally getting uh, GPT out there for public consumption uh, late last year. If only because we're not talking about the metaverse anymore. Yes. <laughs> I you know, if there was a thing that was like second life, second time around and uh, an utter complete waste of time and uh, breath, it was the metaverse. But now we're into the next big hype, right And uh, is AI going to change the world? Is it going to uh, activate the robots and and uh, put us all out of our collective misery? Uh, mm, probably not. Uh, there's there's this is a very complicated space and what's makes it complicated is how quickly it's evolving. And how quickly it's evolving, by the way, is beyond sort of the ability of humans to really kind of comprehend. We we're not good at sort of exponential understanding, exponential growth, exponential development, etc. And that's exactly what some of these systems are doing. But you know, more on that in a second. You know, if I if I recap the question, and you correct me if I get this uh, if I get it wrong, I, I think you're 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 asking like, okay, so AI is now being and it's we got to be careful with the terms but this new uh, generation of artificial intelligence this uh, gpt 4.0 um, has been unleashed into the world and how do companies usher it in in such a way that it it it, it inspires the workforce in and that they get a new tool as opposed to a force that's coming to sort of take away their livelihoods
0: is is that the is that the question yes sir yes sir thank you for uh turning it around into a much better question
1: Well, you know, I don't know, but it was your origination. I just uh, phrased it in a way that I I made sure I understood it. Um, Well, so, you you know, we might have to edit this uh, um, uh, podcast a little bit because I must be feeling surly. So that because the question is, how do companies usher in this technology, in this case, AI, so that people don't feel like it's a threat to their jobs and their livelihoods and their positions and everything else? Um, And I would ask the general question back, like how how have companies been doing the last number of years and just in terms of ushering anything new uh, that could potentially affect the workforce? How about the, I don't know, you got to come into the office now kind of uh, behavior. Or, I mean, we could go down this long list of technologies and advancements that have been ushered in. And they always, almost always, excuse me, they very often, Uh, have some sort of repercussions in terms of they impact the lives of the the workforce. Okay. But they often, when it comes to automation, advanced automation, they often displace a lot of workers. And I don't know why we would think that uh, them ushering in artificial intelligence would be greeted with anything other than skepticism that you're going to take this tool and basically outsource me. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of my favorite uh, articles I saw All oh, a number of weeks ago, is uh so the, the remote worker now is the first worker that is going to get, um, you know, outsourced because now I mean that makes it very easy for a labor arbitrage because it doesn't matter where you're at, yeah, right. And and so again, you know, we're supposed to, as company leaders, how do we get the workforce to trust us when the very first opportunity we take to make an advancement comes at their expense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I say that it's not to be surly; it is to be very realistic. Yeah, this isn't about AI. This is about leadership. This is about actually being transparent. At, uh, weird. Think about this: transparent with your workforce and 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 coming out proactively, perhaps, and saying, "We're exploring this. Here are the possible use cases." How can you help us think about how to apply it in a way that benefits the people we care about the most, our customers? And how can you help us implement it? And in so doing that, be part of the solution that allows you to navigate any disruption to your job. In fact, it allows you to sort of climb a a sort of a capability ladder, so to speak. Our our history has been replete and, and, and full of technologies replacing jobs. I don't see too many stagecoach drivers anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Although I did actually see one this weekend, but I was in Amish territory. It wasn't quite a stagecoach, but you get the idea. Um, I don't see a lot of like switchboard operators. Mm -hmm. The the challenge for our business leaders now though, and for our workforce is that these, these technologies are coming in at such a rapid pace and they are coming in at such a huge scale that they're not replacing like 15,000 stagecoach drivers. You know, you could get rid of 5 million truck driver jobs in in a matter of a couple of years. And those displacements are so massive that they're going to have this ripple effect through not companies, but economies. And we have to be very, very thoughtful uh, about how we pull people in so that it's clear. This is my position. I think we should be very, very clear that whatever technology we're bringing in human remains the master and technology is the servant. Yeah. And that's true for the people that are in our workforces and we have to bring them along so that they can help master the very technologies that's going to allow our companies to do better for the, the markets and the segments that they serve.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kristen, I like how you sort of reframe this, that it's sort of like the subject of the day is AI, but the more enduring issue or challenge is trust. And uh, you know, big businesses. I, I love that example you brought up about the remote work. You know, all these leaders who said, "Oh yeah, this is the new normal. This is how it's going to be. It's never going to change. There's no going back." And then within a matter of weeks or months, they said, "Well, we're going to uh, uh, we're going to mandate a going back." Even though not so long ago we said there would be no going back. Well, now you must go back. And um, yeah, it, the, the the trust issue, on and on and on is hard, you talked about transparency, um, not something that some companies are always good at, uh, the, the ability to give autonomy and some high levels of responsibility to individuals to go out and help work with these new technologies to help plot out, hey, here's the we think, you know. here's some ideas for the best way forward instead of the old top down, this is what we'll do, by this stage we'll be here, by this stage we'll be here and so on. Um, But I think that's part of the mandate, right, of new leadership these days in these times, the magnitude of the change that you talked about and the suddenness of it, right? You know, change can come quickly, but in small doses, that's one thing when change comes quickly, but at the scale that you described, um, I, 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 I don't think it would be possible for leaders today to overstate the significance that they have to put on this issue of trust in everything they do, and particularly when uh, a lot of people in organizations hear about it on television or in books and newspapers, talking to people they know, you know, they run into in the street, oh, you know what, my kid did this with ChatGPT at school, and they say it's going to take over everything. Um, I think people have reason to be concerned about it, and in some ways, it's got to be more and more and more the responsibility of leaders to be clear unambiguous. And you always, Christian, pound home the point that leaders are judged more by what they do rather than what they say. So in this sort of emotionally charged and uh, high change environment, how do leaders do that? How do they uh, act in the right sort of ways, in addition to then also communicating what needs to be said?
1: Well, let's go back to Uh, you know, something you said earlier, you know, companies want their workforce to, you know, know that they can be trusted, but their trust is not one directional. Trust Mm -hmm. exists in both directions. And until our, you know, the executive leaders of our firms are very explicitly trusting of their workforce, Mm -hmm. it's hard for the workforce to turn around and trust them. Now, what does trust mean? I mean, we can't, I'm not talking about this is blind blanket trust. Like I trust a stranger to, you know, watch my young children or my, you know, house sit. That's not the level of trust that I'm talking about, but the kind of trust that says, look, I trust that you are going to help us navigate from where we are to the future. In fact, I trust that you're going to help us identify in no small extent what that future looks like. And I trust that in no small extent that in, while you're, collectively helping us do that you're going to also be able to find your own place in that future you know it it just strikes me there's so much um look i'm a capitalist i love capitalism as a system but it is so exaggerated right now i mean you the 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 difference between what the top makes and what the bottom makes is now measured in so many multiples it's 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 actually kind of embarrassing. And these technologies are not going to make that any better. These technologies are going to drive that wedge even bigger. I think there's data to support that. That's at least my hypothesis. And we've been seeing this grow more and more over the last number of decades. And I, I think we really need to be more responsible to a combination of the people we serve, our markets, our customers, and the people... That serve those people, our colleagues. We can call them employees if we want, but I like colleagues. It's yeah. collegiate, right? But we we have to build these the, 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 this understanding that these groups are both important to us. And it is not always about the short term view of making my numbers next quarter. I know that sounds idealistic, but just, folks, let's pause. I mean, You know, 401ks aside, which are kind of a little bit iffy right now, or portfolios aside, which are a little bit iffy right now. I mean, how well has this you know endless focus on growth served us? I mean, has this been the best last four, five, six, seven years we've ever had? I don't know. Maybe there's a lot of factors involved, but I can tell you this. I'll 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 get off my uh, um, philosophical soapbox here. The best places for these automation technologies to really be proven, uh, you know, are are in those categories of the three Ds, the dangerous, the deadly. Oh, wait, excuse me, the dangerous, the dirty. Well, uh, the deadly and dangerous are that would be redundant. Uh, but the the dangerous, the dirty, and the dull. Right. <laughs> now that's well, at least that's where they 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 started off in the past. What GPT is now doing it can get so far advanced. I mean I use this, there's and there's not just it's not folks if you are just on chat gpt you're missing a huge ecosystem of tools that are evolving that all, that can be used to interoperate and do things that are absolutely utterly mind blowing in a way it is a little bit scary but f- for the people that are willing to kind of lean in and start learning this and anybody can that's it's their language models they're in many cases you know there, there are some visual models etc um you know, almost anybody can start learning these things, and I would encourage everybody, everybody, to get smarter on these things. But in the in the context of companies and people trusting that the companies won't use it to get rid of their jobs, I just I, I don't have a good answer for you, Bob. Yeah. In this, other than the companies haven't given our our, our our their colleagues much of a chance to trust them very much in the past. At least that's been my observation.
0: Well. Chris, you know, uh, I think it's also a possibility that, you know, what leaders have to understand too, is this, uh, the ones who, who, whether or not they say it, but in fact, what they really want to try to operate is, you know, the command and control sort of leadership, the benevolent or not always so benevolent dictators, um, heavy top down, uh, motion through here, um, our friend and, you know, one of our, our fellow uh, monthly guests here on Cloud Wars Live, Christopher Lockhead, he is talking about this whole thing, what you just talked about with Chat GPT and some other, you know, wild new Gen AI uh, capabilities. He said, this is going to unleash a wave of what he calls creative capitalism. He said, unlike anything we've ever seen before. And whereas knowledge workers used to have the advantage because, right, they... They worked in knowledge areas. They worked with stuff that was already available. He said, that stuff's just going to be, that's the raw material for this new wave of AI. And he said, you want to be the people who don't just manipulate existing information or things or ideas. You want to be the people who go out and create them. And I think we're going to see a lot of people embrace that sort of idea. And when they hear things like, you must come back to the office or else, and I think they're going to get the hell out of the big companies and go off on their own. So there are, as you said, you know, these incredible uh, sometimes opposing forces taking place right now. And again, that's why I've just been curious about, you know, for leaders in whether it's in healthcare or services industry, manufacturing, these other places where the workforce is going to be really different in a year or two or three. And how do you try to form some sort of a, collective sense across an organization that we are going to dig into this together and find the best ways forward rather than, you know, uh, bumbling forward in this sort of top-down thing when the, the one thing that's certain is that top-down thing is going to trip, fall, stumble, and probably, uh, you know, shatter into a million pieces. It's, it, it is a time in the business world, I think, unlike anything we've ever seen. And it's going to be very a real challenge for those companies whose leaders are able to get this and see it not just from me, the CEO's point of view down, but from how about all those people out there in this organization that I am supposed to, by title, lead? How do I do that in a different way, a more effective way, in a more engaging, transparent way? So yeah, no easy, simple answers, Christian, but I, I think this is a time when we're going to really be able to tell who are the real leaders out there and who are the people who are uh you know the the not so benevolent dictators who just happen to have a fancy title that's going to be fun to watch
1: oh well, i love how you kind of said benevolent dictator and then you kind of backtracked on uh, benevolence and 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 you know i think you're right to do so uh, you know i i have the utmost respect for uh uh christopher i mean he's 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 amazing and I think he might be onto something with his creative capitalism. Let me give you a, a, a another angle to consider. Um, it might be a little bit more creative destruction. Mm-hmm. Okay. So across, my, as you introduced me, you you said, "Oh, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 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 this, that, and the other thing." So let me give you three dimensions of my life and how I'm using AI, and they're all in this creative destruction okay. perspective. Okay. So um, I'm building houses, a, a couple houses, houses uh, here in my, uh, what I call my compound, but where, you know, where I rent these things out to a, uh, to a company essentially. So I'm building a couple houses and I'm trying to, uh, you know, figure out exactly what to put on the walls. Now, the best art to me is contextualized. So guess what? I use an AI system. I tell it what I want. I do iterations until i have almost a perfect replica of the houses that i'm building with the lavender cuz you know i'm a lavender farmer now too with the lavender around it i even have one of my dogs in the you know off to the side of this picture um um that is a blackmouth cur and it's actually true to the breed and it, and and i'm like oh my god this i mean it takes iterations but it's awesome okay. and i can tell you how long it would take Well, I can't tell you specifically how long it would take to commission a painter or a photographer to get all that. And this all took about maybe 15 minutes. And this art is actually really, really good. And now in these houses, I have a lot of it. Mm -hmm. Who's that going to impact? Now, it doesn't end there. Uh, You know, on a totally different aspect of my life. You know, I do a lot of strategic advisory work for uh, executives. And so now whenever I'm contemplating Writing about something like, uh, let's say I'm I'm, I'm thinking about a specific strategy for a specific market using specific uh, aspects of a value chain, which I define. It writes it for me. Mm -hmm. But the better part is I iterate with it. Uh And through the iterations, it gets better and better and better. And oh, by the way, since November, when I started using it, it's gotten better and better and better. Uh I mean, this thing is really learning. Now I've got writing, I've got uh, pictures, right and then there's just this uh, this other category in my life where you know I'm doing things like uh, standing up a, a, another website for another business. Uh, where am I getting the copy for that? I can tell you where I'm getting the copy for that and it's just it's maybe not as good as I could write it. It's a lot faster than I can write it though and this is where i trade off quality for time because time is money and then let let me actually add a fourth dimension uh you know this i'm writing a uh, a book mm-hmm. and now i'm really deep into this book but i will tell you that i've taken portions of this and i've uploaded it and i'm like now write this in the style of you know best selling author so and so and it comes back markedly improved
0: <laughs> now uh-huh. You're
1: talking about the creative discussion of ghost writers, copywriters, editors. Ninety nine designs gone. Like, why do you? Why would you even use Ninety Nine Designs? I love Ninety Nine Designs, by the way. Hmm. I mean, I not not all creatives are like that, but a lot of uh, folks did, and it did give them like side gigs, side hustles. Yeah, completely wiped out. And now consultants. I mean, how many consulting firms are are out there, by the way, that are saying you can't use uh, chat GPT in our office. Why? Because they don't want it learning their IP. Because very, very quickly, there's a certain category of consultants that are going to be unnecessary. And then last but not least, I'm no coder. But mark my words, the day of software eating the world and the masters of the software uh, code creation being the human, those days are numbered, folks. They're numbered really, really quick. I mean, e- this is going to be outcome-based natural language and then manifesting code like it's it's not there yet but this thing again we don't understand exponential growth and that's the trajectory we're on now i i think that there's a a whole lot of creative destruction that's going to happen and usually with those kind of that kind of chaos is the opportunity that christopher's talking about and i think it's right too i think it's both and i think we have to be conscious of it by the way As the benefactor of all those four scenarios I gave, I love this stuff. I mean, I absolutely love it. It gives me more tools to do more things. It's just, those are also things I would have paid people to do in some cases.
0: It's just a thought. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think in every one of those examples that you cited there, Christian, the notion that comes up of who's the master, you, who's the servant of technology that, you know, you are, that you have Uh, put at the center of your conversation you know throughout throughout this little chat today uh, it isn't you know you're you're concerned or limited or constrained by what it tells you you know you're in charge you understand the trade-offs the the thing about time and uh, I I guess that's you know partly what um, that hands-on experimentation that you alluded to earlier inside big organizations what leaders should be able to do and Uh, or what they need to be able to do and rather than saying we're going to have a centralized team and they will set up policies for what people can and can't do with you know some of these new tools i thought it was funny a minute ago when you mentioned some sort of consultants who's try to ban these new tools from using their was like really how's that gonna play out oh, yeah, yeah, yeah and that's happening by the way I, I you know I don't name
1: companies usually uh, but some of the very largest consulting organizations are like oh no don't use that as if that's gonna work by the way like don't share files either I mean you know it's a uh, this is the By the way, and I I know I'm interrupting, but you start talking about like policies, et cetera. You know, nothing says uh, trust like a corporate policy. (laughs) Nothing says trust like a corporate policy. And that's what corporations will do. Instead of saying and explaining like why this is and please don't do it, we got to make a policy and then not trust them and lock it down uh, as opposed to, you know, finding out who we are. That we, you know, ex-
0: expressing the trust and finding out who actually responds accordingly. Yeah,
1: so that's well, trust.
0: Also. Yeah, I don't think you've been surly at all. I think there's there's reason to be, you know, so to uh, get our backs up a little about some dumb stuff that's going on, or to state, you know, what's absolutely true. And if we don't. Um, you know, whether in as an entrepreneur as you are, people in a mid-sized or big organization, if you're not willing to own up to the truth of the reality, and here's where we are right now, here's where things might go, and given the outcomes we want to have, I as a leader need to do these sorts of things, and I need to have that be grounded in those issues of trust. Understand that we're not going to be able to write policies for everything. We're not going to be able to. Uh, you know, clamp down on people and you, know, you can do this, you can't do that, you must, you mustn't. Um, uh, so, I, I wonder, Kristen, if we might see over the next few years, sort of, if there is any sort of a leadership change index. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of people that get leaders who get blown out by this, not by the technology, but by the inability of those individuals currently in leadership positions to adapt to this very new reality and the ways that they have this opportunity in front to say human plus technology can deliver something better than either one individually could ever deliver. And unless leaders are willing to accept that, embrace it, be transparent about it. I think they're going down. Yeah. Well, I think there's great uh, challenges
1: ahead. uh, And I think they're fascinating challenges and I think they're important challenges um, and some are going to do well. And a lot are going to do very, very poorly. Uh, Let's uh, hope, though, that uh, for the sake of, uh, you know, the company's colleagues, uh, you know, all over the world, uh, that we start looking at how we run our businesses and and employ these really potent uh, technologies in a way that actually gives our employees a fighting chance to uh, sort of climb the capability ladder and find their next place in this changing
0: world. Absolutely. Absolutely well, Christian, that sounds good. Uh, I hope folks are listening. I love those four different examples you gave of how you're using it because just those are not limited to what people can do individually. they're what people can do in you know on them on their owns in small mid-sized or big organizations all great stuff um and sometimes you know the surliness is uh is necessary, not surliness but just clarity let's let's be real about stuff. so I'm glad you You sort of uh, vigorously pointed out some things today. Always, always helpful.
1: Well, it's my pleasure. And when you give me a soapbox, I'm very likely to step on it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's what they're there for. Um, All right, Christian, thanks a lot. Good to see you, my friend. And folks, thanks to you for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. He's Christian Anschutz. Uh, He is a regular guest of ours here we're delighted to have him here on cloud wars live hope you've enjoyed this discussion and we will be back in a few weeks with another provocative conversation we'll pick up on some of these things see you next time christopher christian great great stuff awesome
1: it was kind of fun it's it's such an interesting subject but I just, you know, it's Salesforce, you know, my son works there, right? And so Salesforce, this is the kind of stuff that drives me nuts. So they have, they they go through this layoff, right? It's pretty well known. But they weren't done and nobody told them that and the the workforce that. But they what they did do is that they came out and they said, we made our numbers. And we, you know, we, because we're doing all these sacrifices and you're working hard and we've had to make some hard calls, you know, we made our numbers. At midnight that night, that same night where they come out and they do that, they then lay off thousands more people via email. And you, 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 you're telling me that's that in any way is leadership at all? Yeah, that's not leadership. That's 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 treating people like cogs, less than cogs. Yeah, you know, and and if we we're doing that to these uh, knowledge workers in the vaunted sales force. Think about what we're doing to the factory workers and the machinists and the bricklayers and the, yeah, it's, it sucks. We can do better. We can do better. And I hope we
0: use AI to figure out how to do better. Same here, brother. Same here. Well, Christian, thank you. This was fun. Very always enlightening. Uh, I, I hope all those adventures continue to be great. Uh, great fun for you. It looks like you're having a, a terrific time. And you come up and visit it. sometime. When you get some time, come up and visit. Even bring Rory. We got a special place for her, you know. We got, <laughs> and you can make a little field trip. <laughs> bring the whole family. Fantastic. Fantastic. Hope we can do that sometime soon, Christian. I do too. Thanks, my friend. Good to see you. Good to see you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.